Hello, Internet. My name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Penis. Oh. 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 That's not your name. No, That's Matt. That's a mistake. Noble. It's Matt. Matt. Yeah. I'm Matt Noble. And this week on Screen Verdict, we're going to be doing another film review. This week we're reviewing A Dangerous Method. Yes. Yes, we are. Glad you didn't say penis in your <sighs> yes or no response. Well, you know, there's a guy called Freud who thought a lot of stuff went back to the penis. Um... <laughs> Got bit very penis. Freudian. Oh, yeah. my mind, penis. Okay. Oh, my mind. Okay, okay. It was just a word that came out. I don't know if you should <laughs> read too much into it. <laughs> but the film we're looking at today um, has a couple of people who probably would have read a lot into that <laughs> slip. Who is it about? <laughs> Dangerous Method is about Sigmund Freud, uh, Carl Jung, and... Sabrina Spielrein. Yeah, that's the one. Hmm. So th- these these people were all psychiatrists, psychologists, psychoanalysts, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Quacks. Yeah. So now that we've comprehensively <laughs> explained who they are, well, you know what they do in the movie? They talk. Mm. There's a lot of talking in this movie. There is. I'd say... Conversations. I'd say 99% of the movie is just two people talking. I'd say maybe 80% of the movie is two people talking, and then you've got a healthy 19% of uh, people writing letters to one <laughs> another. <laughs> There's a lot of letter writing as well, just with the narration of the letters they're writing back and forth to each other. Yeah, and all of, all of this, these exchanges are done between, I think there's maybe five people, but about 90% of it is done between three people. Yeah. The three we've already mentioned. Yeah. You wouldn't have been able to pick that this was based on a stage play, would you? (laughs) So the film spans a number of years, and it's kind of at around the beginning of the developments of uh, the disciplines of psychoanalysis. This is when Freud and Mm. Jung were developing these uh, sort of mental discoveries. Mm. And uh, the film partly deals with the themes and the developments of these sort of ideas, Mm. and also about the relationships uh, between these characters. Mm. So I guess the, the catalyst for the, the film is uh, the girl, Kira Knightley's character. Yes. So we have uh, Sabrina Spearline played by Kira Knightley, yes. who is basically having these kind of psychotic attacks. Mm. And she is brought to Michael Fassbender, uh, mm. playing Carl Jung. And so she is initially a patient of his and about their developing relationship and his techniques. And then Freud gets involved. Mm. Bam. Yeah. Third wheel. Mm. Things start rolling. Yes, they do. And by that, we just mean more talking. Yeah, more conversations. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, let's talk about a few of these uh, crazy characters. Who should we start off with? Let's start with Fassbender. I felt like he was probably the lead in the film. Mm. you agree? I would agree. I think I'm a little bit late to be saying that Fassbender is going to be a big thing. I think he's kind of, he's already got there in the last year or so. Fassbender yeah. has kind of achieved that... Uh, mm. Almost kind of A-list status. Yeah. But I'm going to push it further, and I'm going to say he's going to be just one of those guys. Like, he's going to be like a George Clooney. Not just, like, big, but big, big. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Fassman. I'm expecting big things from... Uh, Does he have too many syllables in his surname? To yeah, I was just thinking thing. of, like, yeah. a nick- I, like, I'd not want him to be saying Fassbender yeah. over and over. And I was going to start calling him the Fass. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a household name, like Clooney, two syllables. Yeah. Brad Pitt... Two syllables. 
uh, for the full like full name two <laughs> syllables in uh, Matt Damon like Damon two syllables Matt Noble yeah two syllables <laughs> yeah <laughs> it fits in well like I think he's glad that I went with the, the fast instead of the bender yeah <laughs> uh, well based on his performance I think he can get there I think he was uh, the most engaging most interesting uh, entertaining uh, character in the film hmm Disagree? Uh, I take. I think he was good in it. I, I liked him, but you know, he got the job done. Got the job. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I've grouped. I've grouped Fassbender with Clooney, and you've grouped him with Channing Tatum. <laughs> He's better than Channing Tatum. He's better than Channing Tatum. No, I thought it was a good performance. A really nice one, but um, perhaps wasn't you know my favourite. Like it, it wasn't like I walked out. Oh, that Fassbender. He, he's fantastic. So what do we think about uh, Kira Knightley's character? Kira Knightley caused quite a bit of drama in the film. She starts off as a mental patient, so I guess no surprise, she is somewhat emotionally unstable. There's a scene at the beginning of the movie where uh, Jung is talking to this character and she is talking about some abuse she had as a child, that sort of thing. And she is very expressive in this scene. She's, like, doing crazy things with her face, like her hands are all over the place. You think she's going to pop a blood vessel or or something like an eye might pop out of her face. Very intense girl, this girl. Drama. I found her extremely disturbing and off-putting, mm. visually during those psychotic scenes. And I wasn't sure whether that was because the sort of the content and the topic was disturbing, whether it was the performance. I wasn't sure whether it was a bit too over the top and it was taking me out of the... But like she kept on kind of jutting her jaw out, yeah, her teeth and this kind of weird facial mm. expression, and yeah. all I could think about was like her kind of you know drilling the the scenes or whatever, and just going, oh, will this weird tick work? And like maybe that is something that people do, but for some reason I just kept on thinking about her acting. It. Yeah, no, I did too. I did too. Something strange about the characters was that to me, Fassbender spoke like Fassbender. Kira Knightley tried to do a really strong Russian accent, and Viggo Mortensen just kind of dropped in and out of trying to do an Austrian accent. Like, yeah, sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. Yeah, I just prefer like if they pick something and do, they they either just speak like they normally speak and not worry about doing the accents, or they all do the accent. But I don't think you can just mix it up. Yeah, I prefer it when they do the accent, but you got to do it well. Yeah, you either do it very well or you or you don't do it at all. Yeah, it's no, not for sure. Uh, are you a fan of Kira Knightley? I thought Bendit Like Beckham was cool when I was, like, 14. Um, oh, okay. I know she's gone on to do some more serious things. Yeah, but I haven't seen some of her more recent performances like in uh, Pride and Prejudice or Atonement. Uh, so I was interested to, to see this, to catch up on my yeah. uh, Kira Knightley. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Uh, I'm not a huge Kira Knightley fan. Like, I don't have a problem with her. I don't dislike her, but... Yeah, she's not someone that I'll go to see a movie for. Um, and then we've got Viggo Mortensen back in action as Sigmund Freud. A big actor, a big character. What do you think of him? Was he wearing, like, a prosthetic nose? Maybe. maybe. I think he was. It was, like, the fact that we're saying maybe, I guess, means it's a pretty good prosthetic nose. Yeah. Like, it's not like Nicole Kidman in The Hours. <laughs> I quite like this character in terms of the scenes where he's talking about the theory. Like, I thought his philosophical musings were quite mm. engaging. 
but when it came to the relationships with the characters, and maybe this is reflective of Freud's ability to relate to people mm. um, less than his work, but I found that less engaging okay. uh, than the theorising. Mm. Yeah, um, I I probably found this the character I enjoyed the most in the movie, uh, just because, like, he seemed to avoid the fray of this sort of emotional, uh, like, uh, relationship dramas. And always, like, I, I preferred a bit more the psychoanalysis sort of, like, debates than, like, sort of all that relationshipy stuff. So I guess I enjoyed that the most. Are you a fan of uh, Mortensen in general? He's good. Yeah, I like him. Um, Cronenberg likes him. Yes, he does. His last three movies he's had him. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a Russell Crowe Ridley Scott thing working <laughs> here. Yes, he was in uh, History of Violence, Eastern Promises, which I think he got an Oscar nomination for. Yes, uh, and now uh, a Dangerous Method. Mm. Well, I wasn't the biggest fan of those movies. I thought they were they were okay. And yeah. We'll get on to Cronenberg in a bit. Uh, I did like Monson in them. Uh, okay. I thought he gave a yeah. a good performance in uh, in both of those, and probably deserved uh, some recognition. He's also in a little, uh, an old trilogy, Lord of the Rings. Have you seen the Lord of the Rings? He was pretty good in that too. Yeah, somehow I scrounged up uh, a spare 18 hours and uh, I, I, I watched them. Very nice. Very nice. Well, yeah, I guess like, let's, let's, you, you mentioned him a bit, Cronenberg. He's done a couple of movies. Yes, recently he did uh, History of Violence and Eastern Promises. But, yes. uh, I've making movies a while. He did, uh, a lot of kind of cool, kind of cult, uh, sort of fan favorite stuff in the, the 80s and 90s, such as uh, Videodrome, uh, Existence, Dead Ringers, The Fly, uh, Crash. Okay, not the Crash that won the Oscar. No, the one where people get turned on by car crashes. Yep. Broke that mountain supporters, don't write your hate mail to David Cronenberg. <laughs> um, it's Paul Haggis that did the. The os- controversial Oscar-winning crash. <laughs> so I've seen quite a few Cronenberg films, mm. and uh, I'm a bit of a fan, particularly Videodrome. Videodrome is my favourite. That would be, I'd consider that one of my favourite movies. Uh, not as big a fan of his recent films, so I was interested to see A Dangerous Method, to see whether uh, kept the uh, mm. he's going back to his best. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I saw A History of Violence. I thought it was good, but not much to write home about either. So I was, went into uh, A Dangerous Method perhaps with, not really any huge expectations either way. I was keen to see it and just see what I thought. I would say that it is Cronenberg-ish. Uh, all these films tend to be quite confronting and disturbing, either mm. about sort of physical horror or mental mm. illnesses or sexual deviance. They're, they're, you always feel like a little dirty yeah. after watching a Cronenberg film. And, yeah. uh this, this is very much the same. Yes. So I guess it's probably time to talk about some things we liked about this film, some things we didn't like about the film. What are some things you liked about the film? I thought it was quite visually engaging for a film that just has pretty much dialogue, just mm-hmm. people talking. I've, yeah. It was uh, uh, shot in like a varied and interesting mm-hmm. uh, fashion that kind of made, I suppose, a relatively slow film feel well-paced, Yeah, I think. And I'm complaining a lot about there being nothing but dialogue, but I think it's very well written. I did enjoy most of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think the parts that I liked the most 
were the theoretical bits, talking about the theory, the development of psychoanalysis, and the relationship stuff, not as much. Yeah. And as well as uh, Michael Fassbender's performance, which I said I liked a lot, I also liked uh, Vincent Cassell. Um, you might know him. He played the ballet teacher in Black Swan. Mm. Uh, excellent Aronofsky film. Yeah. I love that one. Uh, he had a pretty small role, but he played uh, the character of Otto Gross, and he had quite a different philosophy to uh, uh, Fassbender's Jung and sort of the the clash of these opposing sort of opinions on uh, psychotherapy I thought was um, one of the most interesting dynamics in the film. Yeah, that was interesting, this gross guy, um, or this Otto guy, whatever you want to call him. He wasn't in the film very much, but he was sort of a very much, a, very much he got in there, caused some mischief, and then <laughs> left. Like, he, he set the pieces in place, um, planted the seeds for, for further stuff to develop. So what were some of the things that you liked about the film? Hmm. Yeah, no, I thought some of the conversations were interesting. I didn't know much about Freud and, and, and Jung and things, so it's uh, interesting to learn a bit about them. Yeah. That's it? <laughs> I don't really think it leaves. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the things that perhaps we uh, didn't like so much about the film. I Okay, here's something I like. One of the things I liked is how uh, Jung and Freud's relationship seemed... Um, very conversation-based, but they like mixing it up. So, like, hey, uh, let's, like, go to a cafe. Hey, let's go to the park. Hey, let's go to your <laughs> office. Hey, let's go on a boat. Like, they were always, like, having these conversations in different locations. And, like, there's one scene where Freud goes, do you realise that that we've been talking for 13 hours? That's <laughs> like, Oh, I'm so sorry. No, that was that was fine. But like, how does 13 hours slip by without you realizing? Yeah, like, that is a like, long time. <laughs> like, have you ever tried just talking to someone one on one for like four hours? And Fassbender was standing at the time. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying he was standing the whole time. Yeah. But man, <laughs> like, you would get tired. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is a bit of a. A stretch to think uh, he wouldn't realise. Yeah, I think realize he just said six. It might have been a more believable number. And yeah. I've still been like, that's a long time to talk. Yeah, like I've talked to people, like I've met up with people for coffee and things, and it, it has gone about maybe three, four hours, and the time has sort of gone by pretty quickly. But, like, at the end of that four hours, you are like, okay, we should probably head home now. Or... <laughs> yeah, what are some of the things we didn't like? I think my main gripe was the accents. That did bother me the whole way through the film. Mm. I guess my other problems with the film was that I wasn't sure where it was going. Things would get brought up and then resolved quite quickly, and I'm like, okay, what's my motivation to be interested mm. in the film? Where's yeah. the story going? Mm. And it kept on bringing little things up, but there was never like a big thing that really hooked me, and there was yeah. never anything that was really satisfying to be resolved. Yeah. And while I did like the final scene I thought it ended nicely hmm. I wasn't just like yes that's what I wanted I am satisfied I just thought hmm. yeah that was neat hmm. I feel like something about this movie that um I liked but maybe not in the way uh they were hoping I would like it 
is I feel like the the uh, the questions the psychiatrist asked were very funny. She was talking about like a dream she had, and Jung would be like, "Were you masturbating when you were having that dream?" And she goes, "Yes, <laughs> I was." Like he was right on the money with that <laughs> one. Like it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I've heard about this dream before. You must have been masturbating. And it wasn't even a sexual dream in any way. It was like some, like, bug, like, crawling on her back or something. And then, like, uh, Jung was talking about a dream he had, and Freud Freud was like, Have you ever, uh, have you ever wondered, uh, have you ever asked yourself the question, is that log a penis? (laughs) (laughs) I laughed at a few lines, but I think the lines I laughed at were probably supposed to be funny. Like when Kira Knightley says she has this angel talk in German, and Jung says, "Of course, angels always speak in German. It's traditional." Huh. Yeah, like I like those little yeah, offhand. I think that's what I gave sort of another dimension to sort of like the serious character. He was quite uh, charismatic, I suppose, with those little one-liners he dropped in. Have you ever, Jonathan, asked yourself the question: Is the log a penis? <laughs> No, I had never considered the log as such. Well, there's a lot of, like, uh, maybe, like, Freud says it and it's, like, psychoanalysis. I feel like uh, that's also the seventh grade response. <laughs> like, so, like, hey, uh, I had this dream last night, like, a horse was dragging a log. And, like, oh, does that look like a penis? <laughs> hey, logs look like penises to me. <laughs> No, no, Barry, it's, it's, it's just, just a dream about a log. (laughs) I think it's a penis. (laughs) But like Freud says it and it's like really smart. (laughs) And I feel like if a like girl was telling me that she was really struggling with something and like feeling a lot of pain and I said to her, were you masturbating when you were feeling this? I'd get in trouble. (laughs) I feel like... So I, didn't, uh, I didn't like that. You'd have to be correct, wouldn't you? Like, if they were, you're just like, okay. I mean, I can't get upset, because I was. But if you weren't, they're just like, wow, oh, dare you suggest that? That's outrageous. I feel like, uh, sort of counterintuitively, you're wrong. I feel like the girl would be more upset if you're right, because they get defensive about it. <laughs> Like if it if it if it's not if it's not true, they're just going to roll their eyes. Ah, oh, you're so mature, like you idiot. Like, but it, but if you're right, and they have been, they'll be more. How dare you suggest that? I would never do that. That's out of your mind. <laughs> like you're just like so immature. Like they get they get more defensive if if you were right and, and deny it more and like be more more angry with you because you're you're getting cl- you you're getting in their head. Like. Whereas if you're a dude, they probably wouldn't get angry at all. They'd just be like, yeah, because that's what I'm doing like forty percent of the time. Yeah, I feel like if a girl asked me <laughs> that, I would have a joke. Like I wouldn't be upset in any way, whether they're right or wrong like, would not dictate my anger, I, w- I would think of a joke and, and make it funny. Whereas yeah, I, I just feel... sliding along the mossy log. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not a crude joke, but a jo- <laughs> like a joke, like, you know, oh, yeah, because that's all guys do. Or so I don't know. Something like that. Ha! <laughs> Zing! 
<laughs> okay, a better joke. Okay, I'll, I'm better. I'm I'm better at like when I'm actually in you're this, a game in day comedian. Yeah, I'm a game day comedian. So we're starting to stray in some of our thoughts on psychiatry. You came up with uh, a game yeah. we're going to play. Well, is it maybe more an experiment than a game in some ways, a, a way that uh, we can uh, get to know each other better and, and you, the listeners, can get to know us a bit better. There is some, uh, an experiment Jung does in this movie where he... Uh, re- uh, you may have heard of this game before or this experiment before. where uh, Word association. Word association. So words are read out. Uh, the woman that he is uh, interviewing um, or, or analysing uh, says the first word that comes into her head, she's strapped up to some machine. I've got no idea what that does. We don't have that machine with us today. <laughs> um, and he m- writes down um, what the first word that comes into her head. So what we're going to do is we're going to use these word yes. association tests in order to analyse and uh, diagnose, diagnose yes. each other's... Uh, yes. Psychological state of mind. Yes. So we each have an envelope we have pre-prepared. I don't know why it's in an envelope. Well, I just thought that would add some drama to to it all, uh, add some excitement for the listeners. Yeah. I'm always thinking of how to make the podcast more exciting how for the listeners. How to make paper sounds for the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the podcast audience. So we've got we've got our envelopes. In my envelope, I've written 10 words that I'm going to read out to Jonathan. In his envelope, he's written 10 words that he's going to read out to me. We'll just say the first word that comes into our head when we think of these, make a note of them, and then we'll diagnose each other. Uh, who wants to go first? You can read yours out first. Okay, I'll open the envelope. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yep. Okay. Podcast. Best. Pixar. Toy. Ryan Gosling. Handsome. Trouble. Man. Embarrassing. Legs. Chloe Grace Moretz. Underage. Sex. Happy. Muppets. Bad. Love. Good. Noble. Truth. Okay. There you go. Am I done? How do you find out? Is that stressful? It is is a little bit stressful. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You'll see. Um, Okay. So we'll diagnose each other at the end. I'll I'll do my words now. Okay. Do you need a pen to make a note of the words I say? I saw letters, but I couldn't make out what the words were. (laughs) Okay. Friend. Me. Death. Best. The fuck? <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Mother, yes. <laughs> Father, dad. Podcast, screen, sex, police. <laughs> Sixteen, underage, rainbow, lollipop, murder, mystery, time, lost. That's it. <laughs> I did terribly at that. It's stressful, <laughs> isn't it? I did terribly at that. Oh, I think it got better as they went on. I think that's why it's good to have ten. Like, but you know, the first five completely stuffed up. But I think I think it got better as we went on. Okay. All right. I went. I went first. So you can you can give me my uh, results. Obviously, uh, some of the words I had there were just words to get you in the mood for the the. the 
the exercise. Um, and then, you know, a few are sprinkled in that I was interested in what the response would be. Um, is El Ryan Gosling handsome? So that means one of two things. Are you very comfortable with your sexuality? <laughs> or uh, or uh, or maybe you've got some just homosexual tendencies. I'm not, I'm not saying you are homosexual, I'm just saying maybe in the, like, the back of your, your mind. When I said trouble, you said man. So you may have been going through some man trouble, uh, trouble <laughs> with men. This perhaps links in with the Ryan Gosling being handsome. I don't know. You're obviously somewhat embarrassed by your legs or, <laughs> or you're embarrassed looking at people's legs. Can you answer that? Were you thinking male legs or female legs? I don't, I don't know. Okay, 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 that's me okay, explain okay. it. Okay. Sex obviously makes you happy. You enjoy sex. Chloe Grace Moretz, underage, good. You know, <laughs> you know not to go there. Yeah, but but I, I generally think you you as someone. Okay, now seriously, and like noble truth. Okay, just some word association because I do those noble truth video things. Uh, love you think is a good thing, not a bad thing. Ultimately, I think my diagnosis is you seem like a a comfortable person. Um, you, you weren't too guarded in your answers. You, um, you know, I, I think it's actually healthy that you could say Ryan Gosling's handsome. I think that's like not, I think it probably doesn't mean you've got homosexual tendencies. Um, I say the interesting thing was the one that I come back to and say is interesting is the, the man when you hear trouble. Like that's the thing I'd like to, uh, uh, probe a bit deeper is why why do you view trouble as a maybe a masculine thing or, or something from the man? And I don't know the answer to that, but that's that's the that's the answer that jumps out to me a little as as intriguing. Well, there you go. Are you fine with that? Yeah, I'm a generally comfortable, possibly gay man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. Yeah, there's some pretty interesting <laughs> results here. <laughs> Uh, first of all, you're obviously quite lonely. Like, friend me, you're your only friend. No defending the answers. Uh, this obviously leads you to be quite sad because you think death is the best thing. <laughs> Mother, yes, father, dad, makes podcast screens, sort of some word association. Uh, you're quite polite. Sex, please. Uh, I think that's something you should ask for. It's not something you just take. <laughs> Uh, it's quite good. Maybe a little desperate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like how we both said underage as one of our uh, responses. Perhaps a little bit childish, rainbow lollipop, murder <laughs> mystery. A little bit quite innocent there, uh, which is uh, not necessarily uh, a bad thing. And uh, time lost, uh, which I interpreted as time lost watching Lost. Because uh, <laughs> any time you spent on that show was a waste. Uh, that, if that's what I was referring to, it was probably very subconscious, but uh, it's a fair comment. <laughs> Overall, you seem to be quite sad and lonely, but perhaps your youthful, childish uh, resilience will uh, help you overcome that. That's an interesting diagnosis. So... There's some telling stuff there. Like I think we've we've revealed quite a bit on this on this podcast. Uh, I think you all now know something about us that we perhaps didn't know about ourselves <laughs> at the beginning of this podcast. Um, very cool. 
Now, I wanted to introduce a new segment to the podcast. I have down, down. Yeah, someone wants to send in a uh, theme music for this. That'd be great. So, the segment's going to be What Blank Has Taught Us. Uh, and this will be, if it works, something we'll, we'll, we'll trot out again. But uh, the blank is whatever movie or TV show we're talking about. So, it'll be something we have learnt from that thing. So this is the, the, today's instalment of this segment is called "What a Dangerous Method Has Taught Us." So, Jonathan, what did a dangerous method teach you? A dangerous method taught me what Kira Knightley's boobs look like. Interesting. Now, I'm not sure if she's done uh, nude scenes before, hmm. but I had not seen them. Uh, I would have liked Bend It Like Beckham even more when I was 14. Had this been the case. Mm. And what has A Dangerous Method taught you? What it taught me was psychiatrists are no better than regular people. (laughs) But they are much better at rationalising their actions than other people. They spend a lot of time talking about why what they're doing is the right thing to be doing. So perhaps if you know a psychiatrist or you date a psychiatrist, don't expect them not to uh, stuff up. Any less than anyone else. Just expect them to have a uh, reasonable excuse when they do. Yes. Be on your guard. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll have an excuse for anything. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, that's a segment. That's Very the good. segment. Well, it's now time to give a verdict on a dangerous method. Well, with our screen verdict for a dangerous method, I... Uh, Found this film somewhat interesting. I, I learnt a little bit about what makes what made these psycho people tick, and uh, yeah, it was it wasn't was was an interesting film. But at the same time, I was never really loving this film. I was sort of like, it wasn't like a film that was a slog to sit through at all. I think it was actually you know the time went by okay and stuff, but it did seem slow and not that rewarding or satisfying at the same time. I'll give this movie a 6 out of 10. Well, I quite like The Dangerous Method. Uh, As I said, I really like the performances of uh, Fassbender and Vincent Cassell. I thought the themes, the topics were interesting, and I really liked it when it focused on that, the relationships, uh, not so much. I'm a bit of a fan of Cronenberg. I like how he sort of pushes the audience. He kind of makes you uncomfortable, sort of forces you to address certain feelings and emotions that are... Quite upsetting, and it fit the the tone of the film, the, the subject matter of of the film, uh, which I quite liked. But the story didn't really develop to anywhere that really grabbed me, and the ending I was just kind of like, okay. So I never, I guess, yeah, really either uh, loved this film either as well. Quite interestingly, at the moment I'm reading a book called The Dice Man. I'm about 400 pages in, and that's about a psychoanalyst, a therapist who becomes bored with life and decides to start letting his life be ruled. Uh, by the role of a die. He gives himself options and just does whatever the die tells him to do. Well, So it explores a similar sort of territory, and I am loving that. Hmm. So I was kind of interested to see something that uh, about a, a topic that I'm interested in at the moment, but it wasn't as interesting as that. So it's a bit unfair to compare it to a book. It's a different medium. But uh, I guess I was a little bit let down, but still entertained for the most part of the film. I'm going to give A Dangerous Method... 7.5 okay. out of 10. Solid. So there's verdicts. Now, uh, let's uh, 
Getting a little bit of the housekeeping. The housekeeping. Housekeeping. We keep the house. Housekeeping. It's the screen verdict segment. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Housekeeping. Keeping it real. In the house. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes in the library. And sometimes in the bedroom. With my penis. Okay, 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 this is, people are here to hear the housekeeping, they're not here for our shenanigans. What housekeeping do we have, Matt? Well, we've mentioned this in the last few housekeepings, but this will be the final time. Yeah. It's a Walking Dead zombie survival competition. Yes. Now, we haven't set an end date for this. No, a bit of an error on our part. <laughs> <laughs> so, we will do so today, we'll rectify that today. The competition is you go to our Facebook page, Screen Verdict on Facebook, like the page, and post on our wall how you would survive the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Just doesn't have to be long, just a few sentences. Mm. Where you go, what you bring, what you need, mm. who you do it with. Yeah. And you go into the running, the best entry wins a set of the Walking Dead comics, the first six issues of the Walking Dead comic book. Yes. And we are going to set the the end date for this competition. The 28th of April. 28th of April. 28th of April. And we'll announce the winner of this competition, not on our next podcast, because we'll, we'll spend a week sifting through all the, all the answers oh, and all the entries we have and debating and deciding which one we like the best. The podcast after the, the next one. So in two podcast time, we'll, we'll have the winner of this podcast announced. So there's a competition, and I think that's also a podcast. Yes, it is. So see you next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.